Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show. Recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out. Have a good time. All right. I'll talk to y'all after a while. That dude on my leg. That's how you know you're on the road. <laughs> and you're slapping your own legs. <laughs> That's how that is. Ah, oh, beautiful day down here in Detroit City Limits. Loving it. Just I saw Bob Seger running around. I chased him with my car. Yeah, but what about the Hollywood nights? It's not the Detroit days. Well, that's what Bob Seger was thinking of, wasn't he? During his Detroit days, he was thinking of Hollywood at night. And so do we. Welcome to the LPN show. My name is Henry Zabrowski, and with me is my glorious not-wife... She is my sister. Yeah. Jackie Zabrowski. Thank you very much. Um, thank you for introing me. I'm very excited for our guest today. And yes. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm juicing to speak with her, and I, I can't wait. I just want to jump right in. Honestly, our guest today, to be honest, is already probably breaking us down emotionally, probably <laughs> looking into through our souls. Wondering what we're hiding. Wondering what. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I don't know what. I don't know what she knows already. Just from watching us sit here. Um, this is Candace DeLong, host of the new podcast, Killer Psyche. Uh, but uh, not not more importantly, the new podcast is now the most important thing. But you were an FBI uh, criminal profiler for many years. Yes. And we're excited to hear <laughs> what you have to say about Jackie and I's criminal mentality. Well, I'm trying to cut down on analyzing podcast hosts. But I'll do my best. (laughs) I don't think you want to. I feel like uh, now that working in podcasts, you immediately see. I think I'd rather work with serial killers. Kind of, kind of scary. (laughs) Can I ask you? Ask you, what do you think is the pipeline of entertainer to comedian? I mean, of entertainer to criminal? Maybe murderer? Like, because a lot of times on on last podcast on the left. We uh, we cover quite a bit like the idea that sometimes some of these guys really are uh, looking for attention. Yeah. And that uh, killing people is an unfortunately kind of easy way to get a bunch of negative attention. But it puts your name in the spotlight. Yeah. Well, people in in the entertainment world that have uh, 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 recognition People know who you are, or at least they've checked you out online and they can find out what you look like, maybe where you live, Mm -hmm. uh, can attract the wrong kind of attention. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. They really, really do. Because also there's an aspirational side of it, I think. I think people see 
uh, you living one life that's very different, especially like the ultra famous, like people who tended to like fixate on those types of people. Yes. Like, you know, you look at somebody like Mark David Chapman, uh, who looks at that uh, John Lennon, like, and kind of both is seethingly jealous, but also wants to replace this person. Right. Right. Um, or sometimes it's a question of uh, the, and let's just call them a stalker because before they murder, they stalk, mm -hmm. they find where the person lives, monitor their activities, that kind of thing. Maybe write them letters in the old days, these days, maybe send emails if they can get an address. Stalkers still seem to like to send letters. Do they? They keep it all. Yeah. It seems like. They keep it all. They keep it OS. Uh, Tommy Romola style. Um, well, there have been cases where, where, where I'm going with this. Sometimes the celebrity uh, pays no attention or gets so much uh, uh, mail, uh, fan mail of, of all different kinds, mm -hmm. uh, unwanted attention or whatever, and not really fully understanding the danger of some of the people that might be sending it. And a lot of these people that do this have um, uh, their boundaries are not clear and defined. Society's boundaries. You don't go knock on the door of a stranger. Yeah. Um, if you send somebody a letter that says, I love you, I've never missed any of your shows. Um, they have no reason to believe you mean it in a way, in an unhealthy way. Yeah. And there have been cases of people that... Um, uh, the stalker became angry, maybe because the celebrity didn't answer their their fan mail and mm. found out where they live, ring the door, rang the doorbell, and the person opens the door and gets shot and killed. It has yeah. happened. Yes, I know. You, and as a lower C celebrity, you have made me very scared. <laughs> so thank you very much. He's scared all the time, though. So you, you don't have to. No, I dare you to come for me. Come for me. Come don't for say me. That either. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, even you, um, bringing that up, I, I do, I, I love to ask the question of people in different fields of, is there anything that you watch as a criminal profiler in entertainment and in the, in just social media in general that makes you want to rip your hair out when yeah. it comes to criminal profiling, the idea of it, how, of, of what people depict it as, is there a specific thing that really drives you crazy? Yes. When you work with all of the supermodels in the office, is it hard to keep all the plexiglass computers like clean? Like, is it hard to keep all the mainframes? Like, how does it enhance? How do well, you enhance? I can tell you, there's not a lot of supermodels walking around, but the, the one, uh, the one thing that I have difficulty with and I, I always have is watching a TV show, in particular a TV show such as <laughs> Criminal Minds, one of the most popular true crime show fiction, crime fiction shows um, ever. I, I think it ran for 15 years. Personally, I could not watch it. I tried a couple of times. It is so fictionalized. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I just, but, but the public doesn't know that. No. And, and obviously the public ate it up before that there was a show called uh profiler or the profiler in the very, very early days. Uh, uh, not the early days of profiling. We remember that. I was obsessed with that show as a kid because I was like, that's crazy how she can just learn all these things. But I was way too young. I had no idea what went into the psychology behind criminals. Yeah, yeah. Well, in a lot of these shows, though, uh, unlike reality, the FBI, fictional FBI agents 
know everything already. Mm-hmm. They are on the they're on the site of a crime scene or on the on the tail of a serial killer. Things just don't work that way. Not all the time. For what we've learned from last podcast and left, it's actually very difficult to tie together all the evidence to name a serial killer because it's hard. It's hard to, especially with a because tell me if I'm completely off base here, for the most part, especially homicides, it's like 85, 90% of the time, it's somebody that you know, somebody who knows the victim, correct? Or there's a distinct, like, motive for the for the crime versus, like, motiveless, motiveless murder, which seems to be very difficult to put a, together a case on. Well, a um, couple, uh, let me address the first thing, and that, well, well, let me address the second thing. The motiveless, I always have to laugh when I hear, uh, on the news or mm-hmm. I or I read a story about this horrible crime and then I read or I hear uh, the police have no motive. I can tell you what the motive was. Mm-hmm. The killer wanted them dead. Yeah. What we don't know is why. Mm-hmm. Now, it, to, to the first part of your question, the percentage of people that know their killer, let's let's put gang killings and drug killings out of the picture. Okay. Let's just talk about uh uh, the kind of crimes that we see on the true crime shows, 48 Hours. Me murdering Jackie to be the only <laughs> Zabrowski in podcasting. I, I murder her, I hire her, but like, what is that crime? Is that, I guess that's greed, that's rage? It's hard rage. to say. It would depend on your, what could be both, could be either or. But the vast majority of crimes that um, we are talking about, the crimes that lend themselves to profiling, um, the a lot of times, if it's a female victim, the, the, just the percentage of, percentages alone, uh, something like 40% of women in America that are killed are killed by someone that they know, and a full 75% are killed by a current or former husband, boyfriend, lover, that kind of thing. Yeah, That's a rather high percentage. That is not the case for men that get killed. Oh, so women a lot of times are murdered by people who love them quote unquote, love them. And men, a lot of times, were just killed wholesale in the war. Well, and, uh, yeah. Or let's, let's, rage, I imagine. Well, a lot of, uh, oftentimes, the, the reason where a man gets killed is someone is seeking personal gain or mm-hmm. revenge. Yeah. Uh, profit. So like direct, practi- quote unquote, practical motive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We went into business together and now you're screwing me over and you've got a million dollars and I have five cents. How did that happen? Bang, bang, you're dead. Yep. That makes sense. Can I actually, I want to ask a quick question. I I don't know how much you've addressed this uh, throughout your, all your work, but I know we have a lot of listeners and myself included, because I actually wanted to be a FBI profiler all through high school. And my uh, guidance counselor was like, you're a comedian. Like you literally (laughs) just said, you're not Gonna no, do but you would always constantly be over me as I'm writing something like, you know what it means when your handwriting is slanted. It's like, <laughs> get out of here. All right. Okay. Get out. Yes. Jackie doesn't understand what she's saying without talking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. You should bring up the, the handwriting analysis. It's, it is uh, not to be taken seriously. Really? I'm not talking about handwriting comparisons mm-hmm. when a handwriting expert is, let's say there's uh, somebody wrote on the wall, uh, uh, for heaven's sake, stop me before I kill again. I cannot stop myself. Oh, yeah. That's the lipstick killer. That was episode three of Killer Psyche. So an expert compares that. Let's say the police receive a note in the mail 
um, you'll find a body at 123 Elm Street. So there, so you have an expert doing a handwriting analysis, comparing one to another. But handwriting analysis, where they analysis, where somebody says uh, people that don't cross their T's and slant to the left are serial killers. That's utter nonsense. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very very silly. But I always remember those, like because we used to have like profiling for kids books yes. that I would read and stuff like that, and all that kind of stuff. Oh was my very word. interesting to me. Oh, dear. Oh, yes. I, I loved it. <laughs> Our mother was very uh, fine with it, too. It was she very loved open. It. She's like, as she long as he's reading. He's reading. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, I could have been a murderer. You don't know, Mom. I could have been planning this out for decades. <laughs> now, look at you. You can't get away with anything. That's the one nice thing about both of us Zabrowskis. There's no way we're hiding it. <laughs> I know. I tell everybody my crimes ahead of time. But, Candace, how did you get to here? Like, how do you go through, like, what does it take to become an FBI profiler? Like, what did you... Well, you were a psychiatric nurse, which I think is actually, I think it's almost scarier than what you do now. Well, yeah, it was. In fact, yeah, I was a psychiatric nurse. Uh, I worked most of my uh, clinical psychiatric career in maximum security, okay. which means the doors are locked. The staff can come and go. The patients cannot. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Years ago, I was I was a psych nurse in the 70s. And recently, in 2009, I, I worked at an emergency county psychiatric hospital for the summer just to get updated. And, and the only way anyone got into that facility was in the back of a cop car. Yeah. We were talking very disturbed people who are, there's only three things that can get an individual into a psychiatric unit. One of them is they're homicidal. The other one is they are suicidal. And the last one is they are so bravely disabled because of their mental illness, they cannot take care of themselves. For example, you're walking down the street and you see some poor soul talking to a garbage can, uh, maybe kicking it and screaming at it. I can tell you that person is severely decompensated, probably thought disorder, schizophrenic. Let's assume they're not on drugs. Oh, they're prepping for an audition. Uh, <laughs> I will say that sometimes in Los Angeles, that is very common sight. Okay, <laughs> bad choice of bad choice of description. But uh, they they can't take care of themselves. Yeah. They need care. And and the you know speaking of that type of behavior. If you see that kind of thing again in your life, and you will, I saw it once at a Starbucks. I was waiting in line with my family and somebody like I just described came right up between the customers and the cash register person behind the counter at the cash register. And it was terrifying. Everybody was, nobody moved because it was, the, the behavior was so threatening. But where I was going with this is if you, you see that kind of behavior again, look at the person's physique. Are they big and strong and muscular? No. Yeah. Chances are they're thin and emaciated and pale. And because most people with severe thought disorders, i.e. schizophrenia, are suspicious of food. Wow. And they don't eat. Oh. If you were to say to them, let's say you 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 were sympathetic and say, hey, I have a sandwich or I'll go in, in this uh, fast food place here and I'll buy you a cheeseburger you bring it out they're not they're not going to take it from you no matter how hungry they may be because they may think they'll probably think you have you poisoned it or you're trying to poison them so that's the kind of illness that can get get an individual into a psych unit eventually after several years i became head nurse at the institute of psychiatry at northwestern university hospital in chicago and from there i was recruited by the fbi 
Hop, hop, hooray! Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, when you work with criminals all the time, like, this might be, like, like, well, this level of criminal. Like, I feel like people that are very dangerous, manipulative, th- this style of criminal, do you feel it wears on you? psychologically like does it do you take this stuff home like after you work with these guys all day and like listen to whatever their either fantasies are or, or the kind of thing like like what does that do to your day-to-day well when i was in the thick of it as an fbi agent um it was the kind i would i would get home change clothes put on my gym shoes my son would get on his bike and i would go for a three or four mile run jody foster style yeah it really really helps get it out as i've gotten older i find drugs and alcohol accomplish the same mission yeah but we all do I, I, I would, Third, yeah, <laughs> they all help right right i especially like the low calorie light beers because well no calories yeah um, michelo platinum Nicolo Platinum, the, the, that is the beer for FBI profilers. <laughs> but the, the truth of the matter is, um, when when I was in the thick of it, yes, it was difficult. And part of the part of the reason for that is the vast majority of cases that lend themselves to criminal profiling are crimes of interpersonal violence, and the victims are usually women and children. So here I was, a woman with a young child. And I'm looking at crime scene photos of of women that were murdered in their home. I'm working cases of a witnessed abduction of an eight year old and their bodies found a mile away in a creek. Uh, Yeah, it was hard. It was hard. And and when I uh, in the first uh, most of my career, cell phones, agents didn't have cell phones. They didn't exist. So a lot of us that were uh, family people that had kids, we might be working a, a missing child case or a kidnapping case. And we're like, oh, uh, excuse me, um, I'll, I'll be right back. And we're looking for a phone to call home to make sure everything's okay. Oh, yeah. So it does, it does, it does get to you. And has it been something that has you? You made the joke up top of like, I try not to analyze podcast hosts. Yes. Is that something that you've dealt with, like in your life of like, I have to stop trying because I've been watching a lot of The Sopranos lately, <laughs> and I know it's difficult for Doctor Melfi to leave it in the office. And I imagine that like being around people all the time, you're like, I see exactly what you're doing with this. And how long did it take you to not say it aloud? Yeah, how badly can you tell the people are lying or not? Like all that kind of shit. Well, I get you know I don't uh, I I get this question a lot. I don't when I meet someone or I'm interacting with some of them, I don't automatically assume the worst. Hmm. Everybody starts out with a clean slate, Hmm. but I guess the truth of the matter is I may detect signs, red flags uh, sooner than 
somebody that had never been in my life. Man, I your kids like new boyfriends and girlfriends. <laughs> Like it's very meet the fuckers, right? Like it's very much the idea. Like you, have, how do you face someone whose job is being like, I know of your fucking move. I know every single thing that you'll do before you'll do it. Yeah, you sat them down and gave them that talk. I'm sure before even one oh. date occurred. Well, the truth of the matter is, um, my son is 45 years old now. He <laughs> he lives in Spain. He's a professor. Incredible. Yet, yet when we're together, which is a couple times a year, uh, that. Oh, you know, this is a sign, uh, you know, you got to be careful about this. Always can always be aware of how you look to other people because you're a target and blah, blah, blah. So um, my son's in a mental institution for the rest of his life. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> That's, how it is. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, I, I also was wondering with, with this, with this lifestyle, like with this, your profession, how much has it changed? Because, like, when we know, like, when we were first starting to do our show, like, deep dives into serial killers, like, <laughs> understanding things about the McDonald triad and, like, things that where serial killers ca came from that became sort of general, like, boilerplate, like, knowledge. Like, this was knowledge. Like, but we know stuff shifts over time. Where do you think we're at now of, like, what is, it like, the quote-unquote new concrete facts that we know about something like somebody like a uh like a the samuel little right that they the, the man that just was uh, came out who had been i guess the, the most prolific serial killer of all time but yeah, they yeah. had some photographic memory like is there anything that we now know before like like 20 years ago that we didn't about serial killers no there's actually not much new under the sun and i was so fortunate because when i um uh I got into profiling in 1984 and the program was only kind of founded and, and, and uh, feeling its way in the late seventies. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Netflix series, Mindhunter. Oh, of course. Oh, yes. Yeah. And we've, you, and we use his books for a lot of our, well, those too. two men that are represented, the older one is Robert Ressler. The younger one is John Douglas. Those two men among others in that era the uh, early to mid eighties trained me. Wow. Not all individual, but with other people being trained for profiling. And um, so a lot of what they learned and they went, they did go just like the series shows all over the country to prisons, interviewing uh, famous killers, not mm -hmm. so famous killers. In those days we call them compulsive killers. Mm -hmm. And uh, it became serial killers later by Robert Ressler. But um People always ask me, is, is there more killing going on now? Is there more kidnapping? No, not really. It's getting more attention mm -hmm. because of uh, there's lots of reasons that these things get more attention. But, for example, you talked about the McDonald triad. We call it the homicidal triad. Um, that is a, a, a stalwart. A, that is a foundation of future bad acts. Mm -hmm. That's never going to change. Okay. We may add to it. As, as things go on, the last time I was um, aware of anything new was probably 20 years ago. Wow. However, there's a lot out there that, for example, uh, I buy a lot of books on this subject, as you can imagine. And I'm always learning something like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but the but the, the underpinnings, the foundation, the basic theories. Um, 
I can't imagine anything new would be found. There'll always be somebody come along that we didn't know about doing some weird stuff. Yes. Uh, I never cease to be amazed at, at um, how people can be ruled, governed by their urges, their perversions, their... Um, well, we're we're more isolated than ever. It does sort of feel like that in one way. While we're the most joined up, like especially during quarantine, we've been talking about this now uh, on our other show, our side show, side stories for a while about this concept of like, I feel like this much time alone ha- happens to breed a lot of what some would call like if it's not hurting somebody, it's not deviancy. But if it's hurting somebody. It's deviancy. And then you wonder, like, what happens? Like, how deep can somebody go when they've been let alone for a long time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I have this to say about the the pandemic and what you just said about uh, being alone. Isolation kills. Yeah. Yeah. It does, especially as people get older. Yes. Um, And uh, it's real important to to maintain contact you know, people that are older and a lot of older people are living alone. It's a pretty high percentage. Yes. Um, you know, check in with them, uh, take them to lunch, uh, every, you know, uh, a phone call never hurts because what we do now and you talk about new things, new research has borne out what I just said. That isolation as people get older, they don't have to be mentally ill. Right. But um, uh, extended isolation. Uh, and, and profound isolation can create all types of stresses. And we do know that people that live alone and are isolated get sick and die sooner than people that are connected. You don't have to be married and have 10 kids living with you, but to stay connected, maybe a bridge group, oh, maybe yeah. a maybe uh, some social something. thing, something, yeah, some yeah. kind of bridge. I, that's why when I'm post 80, I'm just going to leave a cooler of beer. <laughs> Out in front of my house, and then one big box of full Snickers, full size ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really kids, get them go, in kids there. and they adults will then. kind of crowd me. Hi. <laughs> I think that's a wonderful idea. Free massages. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, Uh-oh. Now you're getting into my territory. <laughs> Uh-oh. Red flags. <laughs> Uh, now I do see that on on your uh, on your show, and again your new podcast, uh, Killer Psyche, over on Wondering. Yes, it's very excited for this. I'm so excited, and, I, and the fact that even that you've already gone over to female serial killers in like the short amount of time, which I appreciate. We want more female serial killers. We're we want for more it. females. I want more representation. Um, but I was wondering the uh, about how many people that you've gone in with to discuss that do you feel that on a whole, because I know that obviously you come from a time when there were not as many female people, like females in the FBI, just in general, that going in and talking with people, do you think that it helped you overall because you were a woman in certain situations that you felt like you could get them to open up with you more? Or do you feel like there have been times that you're just like, fuck this, he won't even treat me like a person because I'm a woman, or is it even beyond gender when it comes to criminal profiling with you and your job? Well, it tends to be both. Uh, Being a woman helped me in many circumstances, in my opinion. Being a woman created a wall between me and and the subject. What I did find was uh, that I think has, has helped me over and over and over again 
is the skills I learned as a psychiatric nurse. Yeah. Well, nurses are, you have to be the strongest people and you're like right in the mix yes. of everything. Oh, you yeah. See, very, very difficult. Yeah. Time. You see people at their worst. You have to know what you're doing. You have to gain their confidence. And I think it was those skills and, and 10 years I was, I was in it. By the time I went to the academy, FBI Academy in 1980, there were 30 people in my class. Uh, and um, there were two of us that I think were very well, very, very well prepared to be effective FBI agents. And by that, I mean, we knew how to talk to a wide variety of people. Okay. One of them had been a detective for years and, and I had been a psychiatric nurse for 10 and it's kind of hard to to shock or frighten a psychiatric nurse yeah. or a homicide detective. I can't imagine. Right. Unless you take her out to dinner. And then there's that. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be nice if you could just shock a surprise her with a nice dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joe's, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But I feel like, because it's the truth, right? Uh, to be honest, I need a female therapist. Right. I like a female therapist because I feel that I open up more to a woman via versus a man. Right. And I do feel like that there is like that sort of secret power in there yeah. of like, depending on the, the nature of some of these people's crimes, it might ingratiate you to this person and make them speak to you a little bit more openly. Uh huh. Exactly. Or the opposite, where they're like looking at you and they're like, it's like you're in there with the shark. Like, what do you do with that? Like, uh, like uh, on that side of it, like versus just like, having them open up. What do you do when you know you're dealing with somebody? Where it's like if this was another scenario, and if we were in a, a, a room lo alone together, you, you would hurt me. Yeah. Wow. Um, your last scenario doesn't happen very often. Okay. But I have been on death row twice and walked out. Wow. Um, death row in Texas. There's um, usually by the time, well, in, since I left the bureau you, uh, and, and I've, I've interviewed 36 people that committed murder just for one TV show called Facing Evil yes. series, TV yes. series. And people are invited. That's right. You did Facing Evil. Facing Evil is a great show. Thank yeah. you. That's a great true crime show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, nobody has to sit down for an interview. Uh, and they're already convicted. So they're invited. Mm -hmm. You know, this is who I am. Um, I noticed that you did not take the witness stand in your trial. Uh, if you would like to tell your side of the story, I'm all ears or something like that. And it gives them the break from being in cell. Honestly, yeah. I bet you it's very attractive to want to like you can go and, and, and leave your your holdings for a bit. Exactly. And especially if the subject is a male mm -hmm. and he knows a, a, a woman that has a TV show. 
would like to talk with them. Sure, they'll raise their hand and talk with me. It doesn't mean they're going to tell me the truth. Yeah. Um, here, here's the thing I've noticed. The vast majority of people that sit down to talk with me, and I say people, I mean convicted murderers, have an agenda. Mm-hmm. And it's either to um, tell me the truth and help me understand why they did what they did, or to convince me that everybody was wrong about them and they don't belong in prison. Uh, I don't find those interviews to be very interesting. I really don't. Um, What I find interesting are the people that have said to me, I did it. It's what I did. Uh, uh, Some people, there's three types. Yeah, I did it, but. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the excuse, I can be sympathetic to my husband. I didn't want one more beating. That's why I shot him in his sleep. I mean, you know, he told me, he told me if I left him, he'd hunt me down and kill kill me. I'm tired of getting a black eye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I sense. can be sympathetic to that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think we all can. And then, and then there's another type, which is the, um, uh, yeah, uh, I did it. It was horrible. I feel terrible about it. And I want to explain to people what was going on. Jeffrey Dahmer yes. kind of famously was like that when he was so intensely remorseful and then he kind of just spilled his guts yes. to as many people as he could. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they say confession is good for the soul. Uh, maybe that was what was going on with Dahmer. Um, we recorded an episode for Killer Psyche just this week. Or, no, it aired just this week. Uh, Jennifer Reale, The Fatal Attraction Murders in Colorado Springs. Oh, and um, nice. by the time she sat down with me, she'd been in prison 20 years and had a lot of time to reflect on what she did. And uh, almost from the moment she pulled the trigger, she realized, oh, no, this is, you know. So I listened to her story. And really, she wasn't trying to sell me um, uh, a, a bag of goods. She she wasn't explaining away what she did. She wanted me and therefore anyone watching the interview to just understand yes. what was going on. And I chose to her particular uh, case to interview because of all the people I've interviewed as a psych nurse, people that committed murder as a psych nurse and for this TV show and as an FBI agent, she's the most unlikely killer, mm-hmm. just like you or me or anybody else uh, taking care of their family you know, going to the grocery store to buy, you know, ingredients for dinner that night and got caught up in a mess. I also feel like that that's the that's the attraction that people have to true crime, because I think there's a lot of like, why did that person make that left turn? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I didn't. didn't. Yeah, right. It's easy to understand somebody raised in abject poverty, neglect and abuse if they become a killer. And by the way, most people raised like that do not become killers. No, no. Um, if they did, there wouldn't be enough prisons in the world to contain them all. But they don't. However, uh, and and people that have wonderful upbringings and have have everything going for them, some commit murder. That's the person I want to talk to. Oh yeah. Well, the I remember the new Peacock docu series on Jane Wayne Gacy. I honestly felt was like it's kind of infuriating because it really showed more and more of that because John Wayne Gacy never once acknowledged 
his crimes. He he said that he was innocent up until the very end. He had that big binder of uh, of evidence that says that he was a part of some these. He was a patsy and all this shit. And it does get to a point where like this is another psychological game you're playing where you have compartmentalized yes this this whole thing so deeply because it just came down to like you just don't want to tell people you're gay. Like he says that he's bisexual and he try to he even that he pedals off and you're like no you just won't. You don't want to tell anybody anything about who you really are. Yeah. Or maybe there is no real you. Right. I'll tell you what uh, Robert Ressler used to do. If he'd go into an interview and somebody walked in with a big binder and, you know, like, uh, this is a conspiracy and I can prove it. Or in the case of the son of Sam mm-hmm. Ressler, you know, he knew Ressler, FBI agent, I'm going to interview him. And in the course of the interview, pretty much right off the bat said, I didn't do it. A dog told me to do it. <laughs> And wrestler said, I'm out of here. Yeah, this is done. Um, wait a yeah. minute, wait a minute. And and so wrestler, you know, stops his exit, goes, you don't tell me the truth. Yes, I'm going to tell you the truth. All right, what happened? Well, my neighbor's dog, you know, and wrestler this time, well, and then finally Berkowitz went, okay, okay, I'll tell you, <laughs> you know. And uh, so that's the agenda I was talking about. So so that person you referred to, oh, oh what Gacy, the agenda, the you know, just they're trying to control the interview. Mm-hmm. And the, the the interviewer is the one to control the interview. Say, I'm not here to, to look at your notebook. You're convicted. We're going to talk about that. Otherwise, I'm going to leave and I'll go interview somebody that is interested. Right. And I just I really appreciate in everything, including um, in your book, The Special Agent, My Life on the Front Lines as a Woman in the FBI, um, you are you emphasize personal safety. And that's something that I really appreciate that you push of just like, like, take care of yourself. And is there anything that other like outlines that you that you tell people to do to take care of themselves in situations because it really does begin with listening to yourself. I imagine trusting when your it gut. comes to meeting new people, being in new situations. And is it just trusting your gut or do you have any other big red flags that you're like, no. And if this is a thing, get the fuck out of there. Well, the one thing in particular <clears throat> that I tried to get across uh, and, and first of all, the most people, the, the age of most people that are victimized, they're young, mm-hmm. they're trusting. Uh, uh, young people tend to believe uh, they have blinders on about their own vulnerability and think you're going to live forever. I know I did when I was young. Yeah. However, and that's why serial killers tend to target John Wayne Gacy. In fact, Dahmer, younger people. Um, Good luck trying to uh, pull the wool over the eyes of a 60 year old man who who worked for 40 years. Good luck. Good luck. Right. You're not going to do it. They don't even get targeted. You know who targets older people are uh, financial predators. Right. It's the scammers. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But um, in in terms of one piece of advice I could give, and it's really important. And I came up with this after, you know, the, the advice I give in my book and the advice I give people is not pie in the sky. It's based on actual cases. Yeah. And the most important one is this. Never, ever go. And the rest of that sentence with another person to a different location. Never go to a second location. We've been saying this for years. Never go. The reason Never. for it, it's really simple. A couple of things. The There's a certain type of serial killer that for him, 
the hunt and the lure, L-U-R-E, is very important part of his fantasy. If he can gain the trust of someone, a woman leaving a restaurant, hey, it's this is a dangerous neighborhood. Let me walk you to your car. Don't do it. Yeah, it could be a dangerous neighborhood, and it's dangerous because of him. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, there was a serial killer of children in the Detroit area in the 70s and 80s. He would dress up like an old man. He'd go to a mall. Who's at malls? Young kids. Mm. For a while there, malls were the new new playgrounds. The only I place remember. you could really go. Dang and out. he yeah. would have these boxes and he'd hang out near the, you know, the doors and he'd wait for a potential target, a young teen. Say, could you help? Wait a second. You're talking about my attempt to make friends after eight. <laughs> this is what you're saying. <laughs> and he would say, you know, he'd drop the box in front of them. Oh, could you help me carry this to my car? I'm, I'm right over there. My car's right over there. If you could help me, I would give you a dollar. And so, I mean, some of his, some of the kids he, he got to do that were nine and 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And they were never seen alive again. And I would have done something like that. It's like, of course. you're also taught to trust elders and like if an, uh, if an older person needs your help you're taught to help them sure and that's why a nine-year-old isn't going to know that right however um why does the offender do that part of it is his fantasy and another part of it if you're walking down the street or if you're standing in a red light or a stop sign or something like that somebody comes up to you and uh puts a, a gun in your ribs or says it's a gun, says, come with me and I won't hurt you. Or let's say you're getting in your car and suddenly there's somebody right up on you. Uh, Get in the car and drive me here and I won't hurt you. Here's what they're really trying to do. They're trying to take you away from an area that's populated with other people to an area that's isolated so they can do bad things to you. Therefore, the way to save your own life is if somebody's trying to get you to go somewhere, not only don't go, start yelling fire. Yeah, make now, a scene. Fire marshals, fire mar- make a scene, start, start yelling because, and fire marshals, I've been teaching this for 40 years. They would, re- what, why fire? Because what were we all taught to do when we were little kids if you hear someone yelling fire? Look out the window, open the door, smell. Do you smell smoke? Find the fire. And if you can't find it, pick up the phone and call the fire department. They're fine. Yeah. This is not the same as a false alarm at all. No. No. At all. And chances are, can I guarantee this? No. Can I say the likelihood? Chances are who's ever trying to get you to go with them is going to run away. Because they do not want disclosure. I learned that quickly uh, living in a bad neighborhood in New York because it's you got to out crazy them yeah. sometimes. Sometimes it's better for you to just go, you just go like, I'll punch myself in the face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, also, when it comes down to it, I mean, like, get shot at the car. That's my honestly, get shot in the first location. It's yeah. better that way than go and do whatever this is the follow up. Yeah. Is. And the chances are you're not going to get shot in the car. Yeah. And if you run away, you're not going to get shot in the back. No. But that you hear that, Isn't Jackie? That run away. Oh, oh, I'm listening. Run I away. Jackie, run away. <laughs> I, what's sad enough is that I remember watching Silence of the Lambs as a kid, just being excited that I was like, you know, I felt like as a fat kid, I was like, no one's ever going to kidnap me. I'm too big. They can't pick me up. Then, and immediately, then the second half. Like, 
finally, someone wants to kill a fat woman. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Just, you know. It's, it's a little brain poisoning. I'm excited to listen to your show. I'm so it's excited. Killer Psyche. Um, this is, it's available where all podcasts are found. Yes, and uh, produced by Wondery. Yes. Uh, and Tree Fort, Tree Fort Media. Awesome. Our friends of Wondery. Thank you so much for sitting and let us pick your brain. You're welcome. Um, did you did you feel that we are liars? No. Do you feel that we are no. that we're we are we going to lead to more crimes? No. You can take me to dinner anytime. That's yes. excellent. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Thank you so much, Candace. Hey, you're welcome. This this has been great. We've been talking with Candace DeLong from Killer Psyche, and don't be scared. Just be aware. Exactly. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. We'll just, you can go and then Jackie and I are going to stay and do an outro. Okay. Bye. Thank you bye. so much. Thank you so much. Wow. Candace DeLong, huh? You scared? Yeah, of course I'm scared. You just got to keep your head in a swivel. I mean. You know what I mean? You gotta- and then she said, and then she said to take care of the old people, right? She said, call old people. Call old But then people. the next thing she said was that old people sometimes trick you. So also and don't you end trust up in their the car. old people. Well, I think really what it is. What do we you do? You don't trust the old person that has the beers and the Snickers and the free massages sign. What are you talking about? That's the fun guy. That's, <laughs> That's the mayor of Detroit. Candy. That's the fun guy. All right. That's when it comes down to it. Guy. Here's this, this is what I'm going to say. Under 18, don't call an old person. 18 to 30, think about it. Yeah. 30 over. You can call an old person. Well, because an old person can't really, like, go ahead, pick me up. You can't pick all of this up. Old people, you ever seen Don't Breathe? Oh, my God, Don't Bring Up, Don't Breathe, oh, no! That's what I'm saying, man, because you better not breathe. Yeah. He can hear you. He can hear you. He's, he's coming. He coming for you. He's he's super. He's no, super blind. No, he's super blind. Be careful. Um, I am very scared. Well, and this is um, great. I am, but also check out Facing Evil. It's one of those good bin shows. I think it's on Discovery Plus. Now. Oh, it's on Discovery Plus. Yes. It's one of those amazing ID shows. And also, um, she does Deadly Women as well. <laughs> and which is just, I love She's it. She's just the part of- I love of, the ID shows. She has just been training women. I was women. so nervous to talk to her because it was like, I love her ID shows. She honestly has tra- been training women to kill men for a long time. Hell yeah. And to, uh, you know what? More power. Um, I forgot her. we were still recording. Um, so thank yeah, yeah, you guys thank so you, thank you for listening to the LPN show. Listen to all the other shows that are on LPN. We got last podcast on the left. That's on Spotify. We got page seven. It's on Spotify. Whisper. It's on Spotify. We got oh, 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 spawn. Don't sleep on someplace underneath. They're doing good work. Yeah, I've been are. listening to No Dogs in Space quite a bit recently on my own, and it's great. Um, I listened to the first series and I now I'm listening to them again. I you listen to it with a group. I, we always have listening parties. Normally like I hit a record version of it. I get it on vinyl and yeah, I put it like down. And, and we, you're just like yes, We sit in a semicircle and I go, crackers? <laughs> Watch <laughs> everybody, <video>, crackers? <laughs> Cracker listens. You can't hear it all for the crun- crunching of the crackers. Gosh, 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 gosh. Yeah, what did they say about Beastie Boys? Oh, thank you guys for listening to the LPN show. Say goodbye, Jackie. Goodbye, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. We're liars. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
price drop? Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.